welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello and thank you for listening to this show today. I guess many of you have watched before the acclaimed film The King's Speech, the story of King George VI of England, who had to overcome stuttering and speak in public in a very crucial moment of his country's history. Our today's special guest has had some similar story and will tell us how he has become an outstanding speaker. Craig Sr. is a Canadian business consultant based in Ottawa. He's consultant in computer systems since 1988. He's married with two cats. He has two grown children from his first marriage. He enjoys cycling and rode across Canada in 2009 to support the Sears National Kids Cancer Ride. Hello, Craig. Welcome to the Hi. show. Hi, Oscar. It's great to be here. Thanks for being here, Craig. Craig, could you tell us more about yourself and your projects? Yeah, sure. Um, yes, as far as speaking goes, I remember my whole life stuttering. And it wasn't until 1994 that I was introduced to a program called Toastmasters. I worked at a, a company called SHL System House. And someone there started a Toastmasters club. And I said, what's Toastmasters? <laughs> and they said, it's about public speaking. I said, sign me up. <laughs> I just had to join right away. I mean, and I didn't need any kind of sales process or something mm -hmm. like that. I didn't need any convincing or persuading is what I had to do. So I remember as a kid listening to audio tapes by speakers such as Earl Nightingale and saying to myself as a kid, that's what I want to do. I just dreamt about doing that. So when I was given the opportunity, I took it right away. And so I launched myself into the Toastmasters training program. And as I said, I worked at a company called System House and the management at System House was very, very open-minded. So they allowed us to participate as masters of ceremonies at special events that the company had and so on. They allowed us to do our own special events if we wanted to, and lunch and learns and so on. So every opportunity I could find to speak, I spoke. And that, that's how I did it. I went into the lion's den, as it were, and just fought fire with fire. I, I never took any sort of speech therapy or anything like that. I didn't seem like it was something I wanted to do for whatever reason. And one time, I, I remember one time when I was sitting doing something and in my thoughts, I stuttered. I kind of threw myself back in the chair and I said, ah. So if I'm stuttering in my thinking, then maybe this is just a, a mental pattern as opposed to, for me, uh, physiological. 
And so simply by practicing, it seems like I overcame it. Another Great. realization, yeah. Just to make absolutely clear for some of our listeners, what exactly is stuttering? Could you briefly explain? Oh, sure. Well, stuttering is when we get stuck on a sound. For example, I get stuck on the sound dis, disassemble. Dis, so I would get stuck and say disassemble. Like in King George VI in the movie The, the King's Speech, his character, his well, the real King George VI had that, had that problem. In his case, it was physiological, much more serious than mine ever was, I think. And uh, so each, for each person, it's different. Each person has a different cause. Each person has a different severity. Yeah. Sure. And nowadays you also are, are do speech coaching, right? Well, as it turns out, along the way, doing my own speaking, I acquired a few skills. One of the skills was how to write for listening, how to write for audiences. I also acquired some skills in being able to project voice, produce sound and so on. And it seems that a few people got referred to me. So I'm now working with people in India, in one person in Hong Kong right now, one person who lived in Canada and moved to S Singapore. Mm -hmm. So I've come up with some methods that seem to be helpful. Wow, that's really amazing. Yeah. And now that you have become a really accomplished speaker, could you tell us if you had ever had some stage fright moment? Stage fright moments, oh yes. Well, I think we all get them. And I have a different phrasing for it. I call it when your mind gets hijacked. In the <laughs> Toastmasters, <laughs> literally hijacked. Wow. In, the to in the Toastmasters program, they have speech contests. And one of the things that I did, I always entered every single speech contest. And now I've been in well over a hundred of them. And in one contest, I remember turning to my left, saying something to the audience, and my mind went completely blank. Mm. Nothing at all. No idea what was coming next. I mean, silence in my head and I turned, I remember turning slowly as if it was a dramatic turn. And then when I raised my hand and motioned, it came back, <laughs> but it freaked me out. Wow. Another time I remember I had a full script. So I mean, some people use notes. So I brought my full notes to the lectern, put, put them down, looked down at the notes, and all the words on the page had completely disappeared. That was a weird sensation. Literally, or figuratively, the words disappeared off the page and they didn't return until I sat back down. It was the weirdest feeling. I So some something in my visual cortex got disrupted in that moment. It was bizarre. And another time, uh, this was a warming moment when I peed, peed in my pants. I, it, it wasn't a full flood. It was just a little trickle. And 
I, I don't think the audience noticed because I was wearing a jacket <laughs> at the at the time, but inside <laughs> you definitely feel a warm sensation and my spirits weren't dampened though, so I continued speaking in public. And I tell people now, look, if you can actually get words out, and if you don't pee in your pants, <laughs> and you're already ahead of where I was, and they always laugh, of course, and then we get on with the, with the training when they realize that their concerns are self-imposed and not real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great that you're risking that even on your, on your training, when you're training your, your students. The one oh, yeah. <laughs> we've we've all been there. We've all had those moments, and and once once people realize that their fears are, are not unique, mm -hmm. that everyone experiences those feelings one time or another, that then they can more quickly just okay. Well now let's get on with the training, and and I say that it's like riding a bicycle. And they say, well, what do you mean? And I say, well, you remember the first time you rode a bicycle? Yeah. Did you ride perfectly or did you kind of wobble? Well, it kind of wobbled. <laughs> in many cases, they fell down. They said, well, it's the same way speaking in public is an activity that isn't natural. And it can be learned like riding a bike. So the question is, are you willing to wobble? And most people are not willing to wobble. They will wait until they have an important presentation to give and they won't practice. They won't prepare properly. They give a presentation to their important client or their important prospect. They make a mess of it and that provides them evidence that, see, I'm bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Instead. many people are not, uh, not feeling like they are ready to fall down sometimes which is natural right. yeah it's natural yeah, yeah. you need stage time otherwise <laughs> how can you so, improve so what we do in training is we add fun games that make us fall down that make us wobble so that we can get over those feelings and so the wobbling becomes part of the fun oh your yeah. training sounds really fun <laughs> No, Craig, could you tell us more? You mentioned already, but could you tell us more? How did you overcome this problem of stuttering? Well, as I said, the real turning point, mm -hmm. the turning point was when I stuttered in my thought. Mm -hmm. And I said, ah, for me, I believe it was a mental pattern. And then I believed that I needed to rewire my brain to have a different pattern. And so I actually wrote a speech called uh, uh, Reprogramming the Human Computer. And that was my speech about my own brain, my own reprogramming of my mind to verbal skills, whatever synapses those are. And so I would practice at home by saying the words, saying the sounds that I have trouble with. And uh, that, that was quite helpful by going into, as I said, the, the lion's den by deliberately putting myself into the places where I had to practice, it forced me to experience those feelings, not care whether I stuttered or not, mm -hmm. and to learn a how to speak at all, 
and then how to speak in public. So it was by brute force that, that I overcame it. And I still do it sometimes, but I, I don't care. Everyone does it. Yeah. Once you, well, once you realize that everyone has stoppages, everyone does it, then the unrealistic expectation of never doing it can fall away. The expectation of being perfect in speech is completely silly. Yeah, it is. And yet, and yet some people feel that way, they get stuck. And, and then once they get stuck, then it circles around and says, aha, you got stuck, you're no good. And it works in a negative cycle. Yeah. And Craig, uh, what is your best piece of advice to someone who has this problem or not someone who knows someone who has this problem? Okay, the best piece of advice I would give is figure out why you have it if you can. Mm -hmm. For example, in my case, when I heard myself stuttering in my thought, that was my epiphany, my aha moment where I figured it out that for me it wasn't physiological. It might be going to a speech therapist to get tested and they can help to figure out the, the cause of it. They will have a range of exercises and treatments. Some of them work, some of them don't work. Then, as far as exercises go, one exercise that I do and continue to do is to breathe. <laughs> some people create stoppages in their speech simply by not breathing. So when, a, when we're doing training, for example, I will get the person to just stop, breathe, now say your sentence, stop, breathe, say your sentence. So it's forcing my, myself to stop, breathe, say the sentence. Sometimes my brain is working faster than my mouth can possibly move. <laughs> when that happens, I stop myself, okay, just slow down. And then I visualize my sentences coming out instead of just allowing my mind to race forward. So I slow it down at my rate of speech. Another exercise that I do when I'm speaking is I imagine the audience listening and all that, <laughs> that a speaker actually consider that there might be an audience there. And I imagine the audience listening while I'm speaking. And I call that listening with the audience. So I'm listening to myself speak as they listen to them, as they listen to me speak. And then as I'm speaking, I'm, I'm asking myself, does that make sense? <laughs> Did I understand that? Was that funny? And if it's something touching, something humorous, and, and if I come up with a, a, yeah, that was funny, I'll allow myself that time to laugh internally as if I was in the audience listening to it. Likewise, if I say something touching, I'll allow myself to feel that feeling like I was in the audience. And I find that that slows me down to a pace that I can easily speak. How's that? Yeah, that's absolutely a great piece of advice. <laughs> if, uh, just the fact of uh, uh, stopping making pauses makes 
makes any any kind of speaker much more control and and more n nicer to to hear yes craig yes. could you share with us your favorite quotation oh there are so many wonderful things that people have said but a, a couple really stick to my brain and stay there every day and one of them was by linus pauling and he said Satisfaction of one's curiosity is one of the greatest sources of happiness in life. And that, that sense of curiosity just permeates everything that I do in public speaking, everything I do at work, in computers. It's just the joy of being there, solving problems, not in a stressful way, but in a jigsaw puzzle way where problems are a fun thing to play with. And another one that sticks with me constantly is by Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said, one of the most beautiful compensations in life is that no person can help another without helping themselves. And that, of course, made it into a, a speech that I've given where we, many people are looking for something And I say, well, if you're looking for something, give something and um, without expectation. And a magical thing happens in that, that the goodness that you give away comes back. People are looking for love. I say, well, give it away. And when you're the source of it, then you have it. <laughs> it almost sounds silly, but it's true. So that, that sticks with me. Yeah, two amazing quotations. I haven't heard them before, so thank you for oh, sharing. Okay. Oh, you're very welcome, yeah. Now, could you recommend us one book that has inspired you and you think our listeners should read it? Well, I'm sure. Well, following on from Ralph Waldo Emerson's quotation, one book that I read quite a long time ago, and it's in the public, public dom domain. If domain, that's a word I get stuck on sometimes. <laughs> one book that's in the public domain is... Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, which I interpret now as People's Search for Meaning, but when he wrote it, just Man's Search for Meaning. And Victor Frankl was a psychiatrist who was in a um, German concentration camp, I should say Nazi common. Victor Frankl was a psychiatrist around World War II who found himself in a Nazi concentration camp. And he took it as an opportunity to observe human behavior. Mm -hmm. And he noticed that the people who spent their time worrying and being concerned about themselves got sick. Whereas the people who spent their time taking care of others mm -hmm. tended to have better outcomes, they stayed healthier, they, they tended to have a greater chance of making it out. Then he wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning. And in our meaning that we have, if we are in service of others, then I believe that goodness just accrues to, to oneself. No, not necessarily monetarily, but that's fine if it does. But just that sense of, well, people say what goes around comes around, and, and that applies to goodness and un ungoodness. Mm 
So for me, that book really strikes at the essence of altruism, let's call it. The service of other, the real service of others, as opposed to people who say they are, people who are quietly doing it without drawing attention to themselves, are just a wonderful, I'm not even sure what to call them, just wonderful people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that book sounds absolutely inspiring. Craig, we are almost at the end of the interview, but at this point, could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend doing it daily or weekly as a routine to shine? Hmm. As a routine to shine. Well, I, I guess it's the the difference between simply dreaming and turning the dream into action where as a kid where i dreamt about being a public speaker if i had simply continued dreaming about it i'd be dreaming now and not doing it so at some point it's turning the dream into action and in small ways you don't need to know all there is to know to get going to get started just start and the discovery will come along the way and then there's a a popular set of phrases that i heard many years ago and i'll share it with you maybe some of your listeners for them it's new which is when we first start something we're unconsciously incompetent. We, we don't even know that we don't know how to do something. And then we start doing it. And as we start or doing it or attempting to do it, we become conscious that we can't do it. <laughs> so we be, become consciously in incompetent in that we, we now know that we can't do it yet. And we continue trying and practicing and doing And then we become consciously competent. We're now aware that we're doing it, but it, it, it takes our attention to get it done until such time that we become unconsciously competent and we're able to do it as second nature without even thinking in the same way that you are an excellent host on your show. You don't even think about it. It just comes naturally now and it flows easily from you. The trick is to get started mm -hmm. and being okay with not knowing all that is required to get going. So that is a daily, daily exercise. And then in that daily exercise, it's what is one new thing I can learn about, in my case, public speaking, or it could be anything that someone wants to do if you want to be a, a brain surgeon or <laughs> what, what, what is one thing I can do today, one article I can read, one bit of research, one person I can connect with to keep going further? And so those daily exercises of one more thing, I think, is a very simple process that anyone, anyone can do to do anything that they have as a dream and when they want to turn that into reality. Yeah, so it's all about starting the things you you dream about and continue learning always that's very very inspiring 
Thank you very much, Craig, for this uh, very inspiring interview. I enjoyed a lot talking with you. And finally, I'm sure many of our listeners who would like to know more about you. Please, could you tell us what's the best way to follow you or learn more about you? Sure thing. Uh, right for a website, it's called messagemasters.org. On the website are about a hundred plus articles, many of which I've written. Many of them are about how to speak in public, whether uh, doing a prepared speech or speaking off the cuff or giving feedback. Mm -hmm. There's quite a few articles in there. People are free to contact me through that, that website. There's an e email address there. They can also follow me on Twitter if they like, which is SeniorJC is my Twitter handle, S-E-N-I-O-R-J-C. Okay, thank you very much, Craig. It was very nice to talk with you. All the You're best. You're very welcome. My yeah. pleasure. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye, Oscar. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website, www. .timetoshinepodcast.com Welcome to listen to us again next week.